Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello, all of my beautiful freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are diving in to love, relationships, the wild fucking jungle of dating. Sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, y'all, I hope you're ready. I have a great guest coming on today. His name is Sean Gallinus, and he is a love expert and relationship coach and does all the fucking things. He puts out some really, really great content. He hosts courses. He has retreats. And we are going to get into some really good topics today, not only about love and relationships and different dynamics, but also really diving into toxic masculinity. And we've talked about toxic masculinity on this show show a few times before, but mostly on a surface level as far as, you know, don't cry and don't show emotion and this kind of like patriarchal bullshit that men have been instilled with growing up from generations and generations before us. But we kind of get a little bit deeper into it and how toxic masculinity at its core is really this idea that some men feel that they have this right and this power to really control women in relationships and use their masculinity to infer and really dictate how a relationship can go. Um, so we get into a little bit of that. We also talk a lot about online dating and like the crazy fucking world that that is, how you can really kind of take some of the pressure off what to expect, what to not hold yourself to too high of standards of, where your bar should be set when going into that crazy world. And it's just a fun episode. I really, really enjoyed Sean. He was a lot of fun. So here we go. Let's get into it. Sean Gallinus, welcome to FML Talk, dude. I am so stoked to have you here. Let's do this. I'm pumped. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I love it. Can you just give my FMLers a little bit of backstory on who you are and what it is you do? Because they will so quickly come to see why you are perfect for guesting on this podcast. Great. My name is Sean. I am a love coach. I've been doing this work for probably almost 10 years now. And I have a podcast called The Love Drive. I have an Instagram and some social media called The Love Drive. And The Love Drive started, I don't know if you know this, 10 years ago in the back of a taxi cab in San Francisco. I used to drive a cab and I got bored driving a cab because it's kind of a boring job. And I put cameras and lights and microphones and I interviewed my passengers about epic sex, love, and dating. And I called it The Love Drive. So that's where oh my God, I the love whole it. Thing started. Yeah, it was fun. 
And then along the way, I got uh, certified as a coach. I started a podcast. And now I offer courses, groups, and retreats on love, courage, and intimacy. All good three things that everybody needs to have in their life. Okay, so you started this in the back of a cab, which I love. What made you be like, this is the path that I want to go down? Like, What resonated with helping people in their love life to you? I think because I struggled growing up. I didn't have the role models. Mm. You know, I didn't see healthy love or healthy relationship. My parents did the best they could, but I didn't have any relationship education. And I, I like struggled, you know, and I was like, why can't we just be more honest about what we're doing here? Right. Whether it's having sex, looking for a relationship, whatever. Why can't we just be like direct about that? And I, I figured like, isn't that the best the best way of like giving what you want is you're honest and then the other person's honest and then we see if right. it matches. Like what a fun concept. <laughs> right? Like mind-blowing. And I create the content and the courses about the stuff that I wish I had growing up mm. or the stuff I need reminding of today. Because there's yeah. still a ton of stuff that I'm not doing right. Yeah. You know, I still have all my weird little fears and commitment issues and whatever the flavor of the month is, I still struggle. So there's that. And then I always liked talking about relationships and sexuality. And mm. I was sort of the person that people would go to. And there's sort of like a bottomless well of passion to talk about the subject. And so those are the two things that sort of drive why I do what I do. Nice. I love that. And I love what you said earlier, relationship education. Like so many times in school, I'm like, you know, if they would have taught me how to do my taxes instead of these fucking fractions and like math problems that I will never in my life use, the world would be a different place or like taught you how to raise an infant or taught you how to be in a healthy relationship and communicate. Like what a different human race we would be experiencing. Yeah. Or like how to deal with my emotions, how to identify them, how to talk (laughs) about them, how to sit with them, how to sit with other people's emotions. Like we have zero education when it comes to that stuff. So I'm not surprised that we struggle. I have a lot of compassion for people who are having a hard time because I sometimes have a hard time as well. Yeah. But that's why we need people like you in the world. I love it. That's right. So we've talked a lot about toxic masculinity on this show. We've had a lot of really great men come on that kind of are a really good opposition of that. So I would love for you to talk to me about what healthy masculinity can look like and what you kind of define that as. Well, can you can you tell me more about toxic masculinity before we jump into the, the what it looks like to be yeah. healthy masculine? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in our society right now, the toxic masculinity has come from this like patriarchal long line of bullshit of like, you need to be a man. You shouldn't cry. You shouldn't feel or express your emotions. Like really these old ideas that never really resonated anyways, but that were very kind of like structured in our society growing up and like from generations before. And I think that with the current generation has instilled this need to be kind of hard and not really wanting to be sensitive and emotional. And it's really become a downfall to a lot of men that I've known personally. And they've needed to like reprogram themselves to kind of like look at 
oh, I can show up in this way that feels a little more authentic, even though I was raised not to cry, not to show emotion, not to be weak. Yeah, I think that's good. I think there's that's sort of like mildly toxic, right? Like to, to Great. me, that dive, dive me into the dive me into the massively toxic. <laughs> yeah, lying, manipulating, cheating using your strength and power to dominate others, right? I think mm. that's the real toxic stuff. I think what Ooh. you're mentioning is like run-of-the-mill sort of unhealthy. Right. Right? But also still very much mainstream, still very much traditional, right? Mm-hmm. Men don't cry. Mm-hmm. Men buck up. Uh, we don't need to explore emotions that much because we're too busy building wealth, power, and prestige. Right. Right. And I think there's still a lot of cultures and there's still a lot of women, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, that prefer that their man not be right. a, a quote unquote soy boy or beta boy or whatever they're calling him these days. <laughs> there's still a lot of women that, that don't really want that because a few reasons. I think one of them is that they just don't know how to deal with it. Mm. Right, they don't know how to deal with an emotional man or a man who's in touch with his emotions. They don't know how to hold space mm. for a crying man, right? Right, a man who's having you know, unless it's like their mom died, right? And then right, you and it's like worthy, three... like you know, yeah, right. It, it can't just be like <laughs> I'm having a bad day, or or I'm like I'm turning forty and I'm balding, or like just right. regular life stuff. No, you, know? you have to earn the tears, which I think is a reflection on. You know, if women can't hold space for a man to do that, that's a reflection on the lack of their own healing and being in touch with their emotions and themselves and being comfortable with that type of release. 100%. 100%. And there's also some people probably that just like, they prefer to to play that role in a relationship. Right. They want to be the sensitive person. They're not down with being more versatile or flexible. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of this feminine and masculine polarity stuff, which I find absolutely ridiculous. I really do find it ridiculous. I find that it's some way of repackaging these traditional gender roles that are fine for some people, but also are really not like a one-size-fits-all solution. I think that we have the ability to, to have both feminine and masculine energies inside of us. Yeah. Um, and that being said, some some women just really do not want to wear the pants, you know, quote unquote. They don't want to have more masculine energy. They feel that whenever they are in that place, life is just harder. Men don't respond well. So mm. it's kind of tricky. It's a tricky thing. I don't think there's any one way forward or one true path for this. But I do want to celebrate men who are opening to being more vulnerable. Yeah, and who don't see showing emotion as a sign of weakness, but see it as a, as a sign of strength. You know, yeah, really which it think absolutely is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Summer is here, and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is Factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. 
They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. I'm interested to go back to your real definition of toxic masculinity, because I mean, the qualities you listed are qualities that both women and men can embody. Like, you know, I mean, yes, do we see it more often in men? Sometimes, sure. But like the narcissism, like the controlling, the powerful, like trying to dominate someone in a relationship. So where does that stem from? Like, how does one get into like those qualities of toxic masculinity? Probably like a really dysfunctional childhood, mm. if I were to guess. I'm not a therapist, so I don't really know a lot of this stuff. But intuitively, a really bad childhood. Maybe a role model that really didn't value and respect women. Right. Mm. So if, if we're talking about heteronormative relationships here, if your dad didn't value your mom, treated her really poorly, and you looked up to your dad, right? You might take that and just sort of like see that as normal. Right. And sort of carry that hatred on into into your life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like being the child of a alcoholic in your family. You either grow up to follow in that path or you go the opposite way, knowing like this is not what I want to repeat. Yeah, or you just have a regular, like a totally normal relationship with alcohol. Right. Right? Like, or you're you could, just you could, fine. It doesn't affect you whatsoever. <laughs> you could also have a dad that fucking hates women and you're just like, dude, I don't I don't get what your deal is. Like right. I, know, I know there's nothing wrong with women. And and then you go and have a healthy fucking relationship with women. I think it's just really complex, you know, yeah. like the way we are we are nurtured and we're shaped into this world. And I don't know, man. I I think to want to be healthy, to want to heal. To want to develop self-awareness around your own negative behaviors and hurtful behaviors and how you operate in the world, that's hard. That is the higher road. Yeah, That is the road that that requires time, effort, energy, and desire to heal thyself, right? And, And a lot of guys aren't really focused on personal development in the emotional relation, relational realm. Right. They're focused on personal development in health optimization, wealth management, accumulation, that kind of stuff is yeah. is more appealing because we, you know, we've told them that we value guys with six packs and power boats, not right. guys who can cry because they're having, you know, a down day. Yeah, which is such a shame because I value all of the latter things, you know, where it's like you can show up to a relationship, you can communicate, you can express your feelings, you can hold space for the other person if they need. So that's to you what healthy masculinity looks like. Yeah. And also being able to advocate for and protect those that are less fortunate or have Mm. less strength, right? So people Mm. who are more vulnerable. Right. That's a a, a sign of... 
masculinity that might be, see, a lot of the things that we talk about, like, oh, this is a healthy masculinity is actually just healthy humanity. Right. Right. Like, I right. don't know. I don't know why we have to break it down into feminine and masculine, but the, the protecting of more vulnerable populations is something that can be a little bit more inherently masculine because men are generally are going to be stronger physically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's just, just biology. So I want to kind of scoot back to when you were doing your cab drives and interviewing people about love and sex and relationships. Is there one crazy, ridiculous story that has stuck with you or stood out to you that you will just like never forget? Or were they kind of just all like run of the mill? Like, did people open up in the cab? Yeah. The, so a lot of people always go, oh, man, taxi driver, like you must have heard some crazy stories. And it's right. like, no. Dude, not really. Like it's just <laughs> regular people trying to go to the bar or go home or go grocery shopping, right? Like we've been in enough Ubers now that we know that like there's nothing really that crazy about people. I did have one woman. I've been propositioned several times to go and have sex. Like, Shut on up. Shift. No, <laughs> I will not. I like won't. in the cab or like let's yeah. go to a hotel. They're like they like, come on up, you know. Oh, God. Okay, got it. And, and I said, like, <laughs> I'm working, so, like, I'll keep the meter running, and you can pay for that, too. Oh, my and God. She, she was not <laughs> into it, you know? I needed to pay my bills. I couldn't just be, you know, putting the cab on hold on a Friday night. So oh that's one thing. But the, the craziest thing that ever happened on film, like, while I was recording, but what I would do is I would always record when people got in the cab, and then I would tell them, and then they would say, like, oh, I'm not into it. Right. Turn it off. Right. And okay. I use it. But like, you just never know how a thing's going to start. But you want to be recording when it starts. And this woman jumps in and she goes, I'm going to TMI you right now, but I am so sexually frustrated. And I was like, oh, really? And I'm just like perked <laughs> up immediately. And she just goes on to talk and tell me about how her boyfriend didn't let her finish. She just needed one minute to be on top to finish. And he didn't. And that she basically had the you know the blue ovaries or whatever the equivalent of blue balls. Oh my and, god! And then I told her that I was <laughs> I was recording for a show, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" And then she signed the waiver, and and it lives on YouTube. I can send you a link, and we can. Oh in the my show god, notes. that's hysterical! I love it. <laughs> I mean, I can like if I were to get picked up in a cab during like the crazy shit that was going on in my life, like I would have just spilled my guts out. You would have been like. Yeah. Who the fuck did I just pick up? <laughs> well, I would have been stoked. I would have been stoked if I was recording. You know, the reality is that a lot of people, most people didn't want to be recorded. Right. Most people were just like going to work. And some people thought it was interesting and cool. People in the service industry and retail were the most likely to talk to me. And people in like financial services, professional services right, were right. the least likely to talk to me. Yeah, they're like, this is not not a thing right now <laughs> that I want out in public. So let's get into love because that's what you really dive into most of. So much with like dating and putting yourself out there. I get DMs all the time that's like, Gabrielle, how can I date and meet someone that's great without like doing all the apps and going online and blah, 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 blah. What would your advice be to those people that are scared of online dating? Because unfortunately, that's like the main form of how to meet people in today's world. Yeah, it's online dating. I'm a huge fan, right? Like I met my really? girlfriend. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I've met I've met three of my six girlfriends 
you know, not current and not concurrent, but like, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a serial monogamous. So what, what apps six, did you meet them on? Uh, hinge, Hinge, OkCupid. Okay, my mom met, I don't know if I should be saying this, but my mom met her boyfriend on OkCupid. And I, it was funny because my mom's like a pretty big actress. And I was like, I don't know if you can just like go on and do a profile and be like, hey, like it's me. Uh, and they they met on OkCupid and they've been together for like a decade. Do I know your mom? Maybe. She was the mom in E.T. and the Howling and Cujo. Her name's Dee oh, Wallace. Oh, cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Is your mom Sharon Stone? Like, no, maybe no. she should be out. <laughs> No, the other stone. <laughs> You're like, you are blonde, Gabrielle. It could uh, yeah. be. <laughs> I mean, you could you could be Sharon Stone's daughter. What do I know? Um, <laughs> yeah, OkCupid okay, used to be an awesome dating. It was more of a site back then before apps were a thing. Right. And you could search by like keyword, like rock climbing or movies oh, or stunt acting or whatever. And then you could comb people's profiles and it was just really fun. You know, it was a fun right. app. But, you know, they're a tool. That's it. They're a tool for meeting people who also want to go on dates for the most part. I think the the data suggests that one third of people will never meet up. Mm. One third of people on online dating will never meet up. They're there for fun, ego boost, just to kick the tires and see what the whole thing is all about. So just know that a third of the people are going to want to go out with you. Another third uh, you're not going to want to go out with. And then maybe there's a third of people that like, you know, you could evaluate as a potential person to like match with, right? right. So, so the numbers aren't great. Um, the numbers are also like pretty bad if you're not good looking. So the top 1% of good looking people will get 50% of the matches. Wow. The next, so 50% to 99% of better looking people will get the remaining 50% of the matches. And the bottom 50%, so not conventionally attractive by whatever standards that they're using, we'll get no matches. Okay, so everything you're saying is making me go fuck online dating. So tell me why you're an advocate of it. Good. Tell me why, like, what's the advantage and how do you use it to really, like, be successful in in your dating life? Yeah, so it depends what your metric for success is. I think it's a good tool because it uh, forces you to put yourself out there, right? So already energetically you're saying to the world i want to meet someone right if you're lucky enough to get matches then um you get to practice your opening chat lines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you get to like try out a few different ones to see if there's one that works for you i don't have many like canned lines i never use canned lines i just sort of go off of somebody's profile right i think one tip there is don't try to be the wittiest person in the in the world Mm. because chances are you're not the wittiest person in the world. And and that's not (laughs) what we're doing. What we're doing is we're opening the door and we're seeing whether they open it as well, right? So it's a bit for connection when you send a message. Right. If you do go on dates with people, it's a great opportunity for you to get better at going on dates. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity for you to identify what you're looking for. So sometimes you don't exactly know what you want, right? Like you don't, maybe you don't have a lot of dating experience or it's been a while, you were in a long-term relationship that ended right? Uh, Maybe you're divorced. And the last time you dated was in the 90s when there were no dating apps. And so you're like, fuck, what is this thing? You know, how do I even go on dates? So the dating apps can be a good bridge to like go on dates, because for the most part, the people on dating apps are single for the most part. Yeah. Right. Right. Whereas when you're walking out in the world, fucking who knows what anybody is, who they're attracted to, 
what they're, you know, like we have right. No at idea. least you so have a little least, like. At least you have maybe a curated version, but like a screening to be like, okay, is this someone I would be even be interested in before I go and waste my time? Sure, and you know, I also really want people's bar to be super, super low for. Uh, <laughs> am I going to enjoy my time with this person? Because the reality is that you have no idea, right? What the chemistry is going to be when you right. meet in person, right? So you could match with someone and have the best text chemistry in the world, yes. and you show up and yes. you're like, "What the fuck? One hundred percent. Why do you suck? What is yeah. going on and here?" And also, like, let me piggyback on that. When you guys match with someone and you're like, okay, you've been talking and you're going to go on a date and it's been set up, don't start fucking fantasizing about like what your relationship is like and like what you're going to wear on your wedding. Like stop doing like the future fantasies because that starts building shit up before you have even met this person and know if they're a serial killer or not. Like just stop. <laughs> okay. For the most part, they're not going to be a serial killer. We don't want to turn people off completely. You're fair. <laughs> I think that... I don't even know, but I can't imagine that there are a lot of serial... I mean, serial killers, they don't have to go on dating apps, you know? Right, right. They just pick well. you off right off the street, you know? So <laughs> that's one. Number two, yeah, I think that can lead to a lot of disappointment. Mm. Mm-hmm. That can lead to a lot of disappointment, right? You future trip, you, you plug them into the cabin in the woods. I've been there. Two little kids, some chickens, it's going to be real cute. <laughs> the idea, you know, the reality is that you they're strangers and it's going to take yeah. you months and months and months to find out if you're even really like truly compatible. Yeah. So that's why I say keep that bar super low, you know? Yeah. Do they look kind? Do we have a few things in common? Are they asking me some questions? Is there a conversation that is reasonably flowy? Yeah. That's what we're looking for. If we have to pull teeth, just exit. Just yeah. unmatch, right? Yeah. We're not in the pulling teeth for fun game. Right. That's just a boner killer. Sorry to put this girl on blast, but she's been on the podcast and talked about it openly. But Morgan Willette, who is a good friend of mine, who now she was in LA, just moved to Nashville. Blonde, Barbie, like just stunning girl, like sweet, got a great head on her shoulders, like business savvy, just stunning. Like I walk into a room with her and I'm like, well, that's what I could have looked like if I, if I lived in an alternate. She's stunning. And she gets on dating apps and has the most shit luck and meets the shittiest people. And like, so, okay, I know I'm not like pumping everybody up to like, go try online dating. That being said, you just have to put yourself out there because she does. She puts herself out. She goes on dates. She meets people. And like that has, I think you touched on this when we first started talking about it. It opens the door for the universe to be like, oh, okay, this is something that they want. They're putting effort into this. Let's start bringing them more opportunities for this section of their life. And that's like that with any facet. Like if you want to start, you know, getting your career going, like start making your own stuff, start making your own content that will open the doors for like that energy to start flowing. Yeah. And you just never know what a date is going to lead to. Like I've met a ton of friends from online dating, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic connection. They can introduce you to a friend of a friend, you hit it off. Another thing that it's good for is developing rejection resilience, which I think is key. Mm to just being a human in 2023 in yeah. all aspects of your life, right? Like not taking strangers 
perceptions and opinions about you so goddamn seriously, right? Mm. Because that's going to help you in finding a job. That's going to help you in uh, pursuing new hobbies, entering new spaces, finding someone to go in a relationship with. Like the world has plenty of opportunities to have you experience rejection. Yeah. Right. And if you recoil as if from, you know, touching a hot flame every single time, then you're just going to stay in your little shell. And you're going to have a little small life, right? And so I would much rather people develop a really strong sense of self, have some rejection resilience, thicken your skin just a little bit, and it's going to pay dividends in all aspects of your life. So that's another benefit of of online dating. I I 100% agree. I mean, I grew up in LA in the acting industry. So like our skin is thick. I mean, we have the rejection resilience down from an early age of being told like, okay, that was great, but you're not going to book this job. But there's also 13 other blonde women outside that are probably like smaller in size than you that are probably going to get the job. And it's like, all right, you just have to take them as they come. But I think when you're talking about dating and love and heartbreak rejection, that hits such a different chord for people. And I think a lot of times people won't even enter into putting themselves out there or wanting to get into another relationship after they've been burned because of the fear of that. How would you tell someone, if you have any advice, to start getting over that fear of rejection if they're, it's like a paralyzing fear for them? What other option do you have? Right. Thank you. <laughs> You're just going to sit at home and be alone for the rest of your life. You know, I honestly want more for you and for everybody than to just be sitting on the sidelines of love. Yeah. Because it's not going to get delivered two day prime to your house. It's just not. Which it Nothing should. Is. I mean, I get it, guys. Which it so many should. times Why people hasn't are like, it? We'd be so can rich. I prime him? <laughs> and you right. know what? You prime him, you realize it's some shitty product from China, no offense to China. And <laughs> the labels do not match the product. The images are not. You can't even put not, the pieces together. <laughs> it's a crappy thing. So, you know, relationships are going to require work, a lot of work, I think. Um, Some are going to require too much work, right? There's a limit. I think in the early stages of relationships, this is sort of a bit of a tangent, though. Relationships should be relatively easy. Mm. They should flow. Yeah, There should be reciprocity. You shouldn't have a ton of conflict. You shouldn't have to convince someone to go out with you. There shouldn't be a ton of compromise. Yeah. Yeah. There should be be a lot of grace. It shouldn't be like pulling teeth. Right. So just, you know, keep that as a benchmark. Like if you're starting to date and you've got this person and you're like, yeah, it's good, but man, there's just so much friction. Yeah. Just fucking give up. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh God, and- I so resonate with that. My first marriage was hard, like every step of the way. And I had every excuse in the book for why it was like this and we're going to go to therapy and blah, 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 blah. And, but it was difficult. Like he was difficult the relationship was difficult. Now with my current husband, it's like night and fucking day. And when people are like, you know, relationships are hard work. I'm like, I don't really resonate with that a whole lot. Like, are there things that come up that, you know, we need to talk through and are there disagreements and are there like difficult times that we need to overcome? Sure. But like for the majority, 95% of the time, we're fucking having a blast and everything's like really fun and happy. So like I don't subscribe to that and don't think other people should either. 
you know, 95 is like really high. I just want to say that like most people don't. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I worked yeah, no, really hard job. to get into this relationship. <laughs> most people are like 70, 80. You know, I think and if you're 70, and still, yeah. If you're 70, 70, 30, good, challenging, I think we're on the right side of the equation. Right, right. Anything below that, we're starting to, I'd be questioning whether this is the right person for you. Yeah. Cause like, how much of yourself but, are you willing to sacrifice, like your guys' happiness? Like, is it really worth the good times? You've got to like weigh those options. Fear is, you know, keeps us safe, right? So we don't want to ignore it completely. Mm-hmm. But uh, especially if you've been burned before, you know how much heartbreak hurts. Mm-hmm. And why would we ever put ourselves in a situation to experience that again? And yet you can't open up to love without opening up to being hurt. It's just yeah. there is no yeah. equation in which you're able to do that, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's some things you could do to help yourself out, right? And then I, I run a couple online groups and one in one of the groups we came up with this, you know, what are we looking for? We're looking for kind, funny people to get naked with. Right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so funny because people for the most part want to have fun and they're they they I think a lot of people, that's like the number one thing that people look for is right. At least women are looking for funny, men are looking for hot. But for the most part, kind. Because that means they're a good person. They have a good heart. Mm-hmm. Funny, which means you're going to have fun with them. And then to get naked with because you you know, want to have sex and you're attracted to them. Right. So this Obviously. is what we're looking for, right? And your chances of getting hurt go down a little bit when you identify people who are kind and good-hearted. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's where we need to be discerning. Yeah. And is I love this that. the person that I want to open myself up to? Yeah. And I always tell people because I get DMs about this all the time, you know, coming from writing the book that was all about like a heartbreak journey. People are like, well, how did you like open yourself up to like trust again or to put your heart out there again? And it's like, guys, life is too fucking long and also way too short to not put yourself out there. Like um, imagine all the experiences in our lives that we wouldn't have had if we were like, "Mm, I might get burned doing that better not. Like, what life would we be living? You know, so many of my life-changing experiences wouldn't have happened if I didn't keep my heart open and allow myself to, like, take that jump again. It's like you're either going to get heartbroken and burned, but you're going to learn a shit ton of lessons and it's going to, like, create you into a different person. Or you're going to be fucking wildly happy, either of which is not the worst thing when we're living as humans on this planet. Yeah, and every adverse or uh, challenging condition or situation you've lived through has shaped you to be the person you are today. Yes. And that is going to continue to happen. Uh, and, and that being said, you know, people on their deathbed more regret the things they didn't do rather than That's the things right. they did do. That's right. So I think if you stayed on the sidelines and you didn't open your heart, I think you'd, you'd regret that. I think and that's just, that, that's a big enough reason to, to get out there. Yeah, totally agree. So you said you're a serial monogamous. <laughs> Like, what's the longest stint you've gone single? Because I am as well. And at one point, I was like, all right, bitch, you got to fucking take a break in between relationships. We got to just like be single for a while. Was there ever a long stint of your life that you were single? Yeah, I don't know why I said that, actually. I think I just wanted to say that I'm mostly a monogamous person. People got it. assume <laughs> that I'm, I'm polyamorous just because of what I do. And I am a loyal partner. And when I'm in a relationship and when I'm not, I'm highly promiscuous. That's oh, been interesting. Like, okay. That's been my pattern. And because I'm sex positive and I like sex and I like connecting in sexual ways, yeah. 
with people. I think it's just so fun. It can be really healing. Yeah. But I'll go through huge periods of time where I'm single, like two, three years. Okay. That's, that's yeah. really solid stints. Yeah. I also have like a, my standards are really high for who I choose to be in a relationship with. I'll go on a lot of first dates, mm-hmm. very few second dates and, and nearly no. If we're going on the third date, we're probably going to be in a relationship. Yeah. I th- my husband now is always says like, by the first date, I know if I'm going to like, eventually be in a relationship with this person. Like it's, it's very immediate. And I'm like, if we're not, it's like, why are we going to continue doing this, you know, type thing? Yeah. I like that, but that's also not everybody's experience, right? Some oh, 100%. Gonna take a lot longer to figure yeah. out uh, whether they want to open up to this person. But yeah, I mean, I'll go, just to give people some transparency here, you're probably going to go on a lot of first dates, mm-hmm. few second dates, and even fewer third dates. I think that's just yep. normal. And some people sort of lose steam. They're like, I go on so many first dates. Like, is it me? And it's like, no, that's just how it works. Yeah. That's part of dating. It's crazy you gotta, jungle yeah, it's out part there. Of dating. <laughs> you got to kiss a lot of frogs. Yeah. And you know, like some people do it in the way of going on a lot of first dates. And some people do it in my way of like these massive, huge relationships that like broke to pieces and, you know, the downfall of marriages and then found their person. It's one and the same. It's like you got to go through the shit to find like the magic on the other end. Yeah, I think there's probably like a handful of really lucky people that met their high school sweetheart and they're still madly in love and good for them. You know, I'm yeah, really good happy. for Hats you off. guys. Whatever. <laughs> just kidding. We're very story. happy for you. <laughs> but for the most part, it, most people don't have that experience. You know? Yeah. It's going to be a lot of yeah. trial and error and, you know, learning what you like, what you don't like, uh, getting ghosted. I think it's probably worth talking about the fact that ghosting is just an epidemic, it's not yeah. going away. It yeah. is people do it all the time. Uh, and so immature. It. It's immature. Just try not to take it personally. It yeah. really has more, it says much more about who they are as a person than who you are as a person. Yeah. You're, it's not like I'm the kind of person who gets ghosted. People ghost me. No, people ghost. Yeah. Right. That's just right. what happens. It's terrible. That being said, if you're a woman, and you need to ghost the guy because you're scared of his reaction or you're scared for your safety, then 100% ghost. Right, right. Poof. Right. (laughs) You're gone. Boom. Gone. Didn't exist. Casper. Yeah. I've actually yelled at some of my girlfriends when they've been trying to break something off and they'll say, oh, I'm just not really ready for a relationship right now. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You are ready for a relationship. That's why you went on the fucking date in the first place. That's why you were entertaining this whole situation. So why don't you just do the guy a favor and give him the decency of being like, I'm just not feeling it. There's just not chemistry on my end. I think, you know, you're a nice guy. It's just like not gonna play out any longer. Like, just be fucking honest. I know it's uncomfortable, but like, save people the headache. Wouldn't you want the same respect on your end? So like people aren't over there being like, Ooh, well maybe in a couple months, if I reach back out, they'll be ready for a relationship. No, no. Good point. Yeah. I really like the, it's not going to play out for you. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just keep it 100 guys. <laughs> it's just, I just don't see you and me doing this thing. You know, I just yeah. don't see myself with you. I don't think we have to say that. I think we could just say, um, 
you know, it was nice getting to know you and I'm not feeling the connection that I'm looking for. Yeah. It's like so simple and so appreciated on the other person's end. You put out a lot of really great content on your social media. What's, if you could say one thing that's kind of like the collective issue or response that people are like wanting to know about most from like the work that you do, what do you find collectively is like a common theme from people that are yearning for a certain type of information in like the love category? I think a lot of people are really scared of speaking up without offending the other person. Mm. It's probably like yeah. one of my top questions is how do I say this without mm. upsetting the other person? It's like, bitch, just fucking say it. Right, right. Stop worrying about <laughs> the other person. Guess what? There's no language in the world that is going to make it so that they are not going to be upset. They are going to be upset. Right, right. Right? Unless you lie. That's the kind of language. Oh, well, then just fucking lie. Right. Right. <laughs> so just say the thing. So so that's number one. One is like, don't worry so much about other people's experiences. Your job is not to protect their feelings. Yeah. Your job is to be truthful about yours, your yeah. own feelings. Doesn't mean be a fucking asshole guns blazing when you go in and be like, hey, I have a problem. Like, say it don't in a respectful, an nice way. But speak your we, feelings. Speak your truth. Yeah. And people don't. People, you know might not have had good experience being honest in the past, right? Their parents blew up. They got fucking punished. They got hit. So of course you're going to be gun shy. You're not going to want right. to tell them, right? Or they just don't know how to hold somebody's pain or witness somebody's pain, right? Kind of talking back mm-hmm. to the to masculinity conversation earlier. Yeah, It can be really intensely uncomfortable to sit with somebody's pain and not try to take it away or fix it. Mm. Just be there. And yeah, be like, yeah I, see that that, I, I see that that's hurtful. That's me. I've had problems being like, okay, but how can I make you feel better? How can I fix it? And sometimes you just need to be a receiving end on that and sit there and hold space for the person. And that can be tough. That's it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And people who struggle with holding space for others struggle holding space for themselves, right? Right. So sitting with your emotional discomfort without um, numbing, minimizing, diminishing, or, or fixing or running straight to your comfort. You know, you're, for me, it's that that Ben and Jerry's fish food. <laughs> I have to sit. I got to sit. I got to sit with the emotion. I can get it. I'll get the Ben and Jerry's eventually, but first I sit, right? Right, right. I mean, similarly, it's sort of like, just can you just own your fucking desire already? Mm. You know, I get so many questions of like, how can I ask them what they're looking for without scaring them away? Fucking just if... You saying, what kind of relationship are you looking for? Scares them away. They are Good. not the one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can we just have yeah. a regular conversation where someone's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I just got out of a relationship three months ago. I'm not really ready to jump into one, but I'm looking for meaningful connection. Cool. All Great. good. That's not, it's not scary. It's yeah. not scary. And like, you know, if you're looking for a relationship and asking someone what they're looking for scares them away, that's not the person you're going to have a relationship with. No, like fucking next. Like, let's get through that quicker. Yes, yes. Oh, I hope people rewind that and listen to that and take it to heart because so many people waste time with the trying to play games and the whole courting phase. And like, how can I make them think I'm like, not the cool, I'm I'm the cool girl that's not asking to be in a relationship. Like, do you want to be in a fucking relationship? Then why are you trying to be the cool girl not wanting to be in a relationship? It's that fucking simple. The cool girl thing, it's the feminine desire to manipulate someone to be in a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because what you're doing is you're minimizing who you actually are, right? You're, right. you're playing cooler than you actually are. Yeah. In order to get And then the you're going to be pissed off about it down the fucking road when he doesn't give you what you actually want because he can't read your fucking mind. You'll be resentful and you'll have nobody to blame but yourself. That's right. That's right. You tell them, Sean. <laughs> this has been so amazing. Can you tell everybody where they can come find you and the podcast so they can get all your great content that you've been putting out, please? Yeah, the Love Drive podcast. I took a bit of a hiatus, but there's 150 episodes for you. So if that's not good enough, then I, nice. don't, know what, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and it, it's coming back. It's just I'm on a break. Every time you, you just need a break sometimes. Yeah, I feel that. The Love Drive podcast, the Love Drive on Instagram, my website, seangalanos.com for courses, groups, and now retreats, which is I just nice. did my first retreat in Sedona. It was oh, awesome. Nice. I didn't know I was doing women's retreats, but I guess I'm doing women's retreats because there was only one other guy Love that signed that. up. Love <laughs> that. Love that. That's amazing. Sedona is such a magical healing place too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also, yeah, it's a funny, it's a beautiful space. It's got a lot of super hippy dippy people. And that's it. I just, you know, I do courses, groups, and retreats and speaking, and I'm here to help. Amazing. We will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Gabrielle Stone, it was <laughs> it was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Sean so much for coming on. Definitely go check out his pages. He puts out a lot of really, really great content. Um, I always love when we have men on FML Talk that really just like represent well for the male species. <laughs> you know, like I know a lot of people listening to this show, we have been through heartbreak, we have been through betrayal, we have been let down. And a lot of those people that have done those things to us happen to have a penis and be of the male gender. <laughs> so I think whenever we bring on men who can speak from a place of knowing and really being in that positive masculine space and represent well, it's like, such a saving grace. Let's just like believe that the unicorns are out there, guys. I promise they exist. I found one. Sometimes they just need a little more time to kind of like incubate and grow, go through their own healing journeys before they're birthed into these magical unicorns. <laughs> Keep the fucking faith, you guys. I, I promise the more you go inward and work on yourself and know your self-worth and keep your standards fucking high the right people will be attracted into your life. I love you guys. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers. If you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.